I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Two years. Yes. Kind of crazy. It's great. Yeah. Things are a lot more settled. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I was thinking about things like how I was going to manage, and I was about to say manage, but manage lots of things, <laughs> including getting my testosterone prescribed, and then once I got it prescribed, getting the dose right. Mm-hmm. I've always been sensitive to medications, and so getting the dose right was a big challenge, because here in the U.S., the MDities don't always like to listen to you. <gasps> I know. <laughs> So that was something that was going on two years ago. And and then the beginning of the changes, the physical changes that were taking place, which leave you in this state of flux, but also ha- having to deal with others dealing with you in this state of flux. Yeah. Of the easiest way to say it is passing, whether or not yes, you're passing. Yes. That is <clears throat> the simplest way to, to put it. Are they recognizing you as your your gender that you are hoping to present? Yes. So mm-hmm. it's it's very different in that way. That's not something I struggle with. Right. Once in a while, I do have some odd dreams about that, which was fairly recent. Yeah. Can you go into those? Do you remember enough detail? I don't. I just remember that there was a, some frustration on my gender not being recognized. Like, why would suddenly someone not notice I'm the same guy I was yesterday? You know, that they were seeing me as a woman, and I was confused at how this could possibly be happening. That would so, be confusing. Yeah. I'm sorry you dreamed that. Yeah, me too. That was bothersome. Seems like it. Right. So, you know, two years ago, you were trying to get into healthcare, and you did have some issues with MDities, mm-hmm. with doctors who felt like they knew what's best for you better than you did. Mm-hmm. And in modern American medicine, the doctors end up getting sort of stuck in this, I have to get done with you quickly, and so I'm going to rely on my training and not really listen to you. We do see and hear about a lot of that. And so I think it started with calling our lawyer friend's doctor, right? Trying to, but first I had to deal with the jackass on the new patient's line. I don't know how many podcasts we made about that bullshit nonsense. We called him Mr. Annoying, I think. Mr. Annoying. Yes. Probably called him some other things too. Oh, I'm sure. And I still would. (laughs) Trying to get an appointment with the endocrinologist that I knew had worked with some other trans people. Right. And it, it was just, you know, trying to get the appointment, trying to get them to deal with the insurance and their office wasn't hooked up with the insurance because she had moved from one practice to another and trying to deal with I felt was discrimination and enough that I, I did make a complaint to the annoying guy's supervisor who said she didn't think that that was what was happening. And I explained to her as best I could how it could be happening and how I saw it happening, that he was yanking my chain, you know, yes. telling me one thing and doing something else and, and she just felt, being snotty to me. And She felt that he, as a fellow member of the overall LGBTQ community, would not discriminate against another member, but... She didn't say that directly, but it was intended in her intonation and choice of words. And I cleared that up for her as best I could about 
discrimination oh, yes. within the community. Mm-hmm. And then getting finally getting to her office, and she didn't seem to want to deal with me because I had not had top surgery, which our friend had had before he went to her. Right. And I know she's seen other people, but I found her odd to communicate with. And in part, I'm sure that our styles are like oil and water or something. Because yes. <laughs> I, I found that recent when I went to see her last week, which actually was the exact day of my anniversary anniversary starting testosterone because they have a new system in their computer and plus they moved to a nicer office on the campus nice which they had an off-campus location before that was a building with those kind of oddly painted green walls that looked like that toxic stuff from the 1960s or something which the building couldn't possibly be that old but but they painted it pea soup green anyway they did (laughs) i'm sorry and it wasn't that nice and they're in a really nice shiny new facility with all these fancy things. But talking to her was very much the same. I found that I wasn't sure she understood what I was saying and the kind of look she gave me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. And in any case, it was difficult to communicate with her, although I felt I was being fairly direct. The point is that she said, can you tell me how long have you been on testosterone? And I said, actually, two years today. So it was two years that day Mm -hmm. that I went in. Good. So two years ago, I was dealing with doctors and trying to get them to listen and trying to get on the right dose. And And you actually hadn't been able to get in with her to get your first shot. You had gone to the itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot gender clinic. Yes. Yes, I did. And I had to wait to get in there, but not as long as I had to wait. So I finally got that appointment with the endocrinologist. It was weeks and weeks and weeks away. And then when I got to her, it didn't work. And so I had to go find something else Mm -hmm. because I couldn't have a surgery sooner, although I did get a consultation set up right away. Yes. But I wanted to get on T because that's the sequence I had seen other guys do. It's what a lot of guys do. You wait after you've been on T to see how much change you're going to have in your muscle mass and in your chest structure before you have them remove something they might not actually end up needing to. Yeah, it has more to do with sculpting then, but I suppose that's, you know, just another way of saying it. Yes. I've seen a lot of older guys not do it that way. Okay. They're like, no, I'm, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that in retrospect, my opinion is that that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because at my age, I have gained muscle mass, but I have not gained it from weight training. No. I, I think weight training has helped it once I was able to get to that, which was yes. only very recently yep. on a regular basis without some sort of injury or other issue cropping up. But there's not like these big, nice, smooth pecs happening there. No. No. So I think if you're an older guy and you're going to get it done sooner, and in my opinion, consult some different surgeons who have worked with older guys. Yeah. Because I don't know that that mattered. And I know some of the younger guys I knew, you know, that I have gone to the same gender clinic and that we had connected with through the... Local trans community. Local, yeah, local trans folks here. Some of the younger guys were surprised already. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm older, so I have a job that I've saved money at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of fortunate circumstances that go around that opportunity. And, you know, they're they're probably going to gain more muscle mass. I would have 10, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would have gained more muscle mass. You also would have been having to save for a whole lot longer period to afford your surgery at that point in life, too. And hopefully a lot of guys starting in the next several months to a year and after that won't have to do that. Hopefully they'll have figured out which insurance is best for trans folks in their areas. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there was the... um, 
planning to come out at work. That was happening two years ago as well. Mm-hmm. How do we handle this? Yes, and you knew that that wasn't going to happen right away. You intended to, you know, get on testosterone, wait for a few changes to happen because it would be a little bit awkward if you came out at first and everybody still sees you with a chest and with no facial hair and with rounded facial features. And so you were sort of waiting for some of these secondary sex characteristics to start to change. And then you decided also to wait for your surgery when you were able to schedule it fairly soon. Right. Some of the information I had looked at indicated that a good time to come out is when you're going to be gone for a little while and let everybody kind of settle down and then you go back. And and also, I, I figured it would be easier for folks to process that information better when some of these changes were happening. I didn't want to wait too long. And, and I was noticing with my voice at work that I was trying not to sound quite so different in my voice. And I would try to talk quieter mm-hmm. to not call attention to it. And right people before were asking I, you, you know, do you have a cold? Do you sound, you, or you have a sore throat? Do you, or do you feel okay? All, all those things trans guys get asked when their voice is changing. Yes. And sometimes you do, some guys get a cold, but uh-huh. probably from stress, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> but that's how our lawyer friend had done it too. And so it really worked out well for him when he had gone. He didn't do it for surgery though. He he came out on hunting season. Yes. <laughs> yes. He sent his email and went off hunting. Yes. <laughs> didn't have to worry about what everybody was doing. Let them deal with their drama. Let them come to terms with it on their own time. And by the time he got back, everything had pretty much settled down. Right. There's a lot of anxiety. I, I can recall this clearly. That's why it doesn't seem like two years, a lot of anxiety about coming out. Mm -hmm. For me, there was, and I've heard other folks say it, and I hope that for some people there's not as much anxiety. Yeah. I think that's great if there's not. Because, you know, two years ago I was waiting for all these changes to be happening. Mm -hmm. But because you're in a sort of odd flux, and and I expected as a trans guy to do the thing that I'd seen other trans guys do on YouTube, where about three or four months in, you get a little chubby. Yep. You get some baby fat going on. Your your body puts on weight to prepare to build the muscle. It's a second puberty. And yeah. so you go through these chubby and then muscular and then chubby yeah. and then muscular. and Just like we see our number two child doing all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't notice as, as much with number one because he, he doesn't, doesn't do that. No, he doesn't get a belly before he has a gross spurt. No, but he doesn't, he's I not as physical. eat enough to get a belly. No, that's a whole other issue with him, eating enough. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's just being a teenager about it. Anyway. In any case, that also would be one of those things I'd want to get past before I wanted to come out at work. But more so, initially, starting the testosterone after all this time and the fears of, okay, this is a drug, this is a substance, and I'm going to apply it to my body. How is my body going to deal with that? Is that going to be a problem for me? You've had issues with pharmaceuticals before. And and I was already having issues with hormones. And so I had some fear about dealing with more hormones. And will this wor- really work out? I had no idea how it would work out because I already felt bad from the hormones I was dealing with. So From menopause. Right. And then on top of that, you had also just gotten done dealing with some pharmaceutical changes because the generic medication that you had been taking had switched formulation and the binders in the pills were causing you allergic reactions. And so you were just really hesitant about any sort of 
I and always change. I always have been. And hormones are, are nothing to sneeze at. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, dealing with teenagers or menopause or second puberties, whatever you've got, mm-hmm. it's nothing to sneeze at. And I had some fears that I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. And I think that processing that over time, my fears were more about all the time I spent not being able to do it and my understanding of how my body does or doesn't work with chemicals. And then the long-term built-up selection of fears <laughs> around, uh, will I really get to do this? Will I really transition? Will it happen? Mm-hmm. So with some time and, and also during that time with some help from YouTube and then some podcasts we eventually found, you can alleviate some of the fears and support yourself through the rest. At least that's my experience. Right. And that's another thing that therapy was good for. Our local medical model is not a old standards of care model. It is an informed consent model in our region. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't need to go to the therapist and get your letter. But even so, having somebody else to talk to who's completely outside of the situation was really helpful to just normalize the experience of, yes, this really is what I'm dealing with. And yes, it really is a little bit scary. And so it's okay to be apprehensive and we're just going to do this anyway. And having that extra input you had mentioned had been beneficial for you also. Yes, it was beneficial to have therapy as a support. And in particular, when I was, once I had started testosterone, I was trying to get the levels adjusted to a comfortable point. Yes. And not having cooperation from my doctors. The therapist was very supportive through that process, wanting to help normalizing, being willing to talk to the doctor, because as she pointed out, and I hadn't thought of it at the time, a person transitioning has a team of experts, being their therapist, their primary doctor, and their endocrinologist. So there's supposed to be a team of people supporting you. Right. And she was part of that team. And as part of that team, she was very willing to go ahead and advocate for me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that was nice to have that, even if it wasn't really making it happen. And that not happening had, I think, a lot to do with the lack of information in our small community. Yeah. So. You did get on testosterone. Yes. And you had your first shot one year ago. Yes. And you found that initially you felt amazing, and then that amazing feeling would drop off a few days before your shot. Yeah, drop off like dropping off a cliff. Yes. I thought I was going to paraglide and I forgot to attach the wings properly. (laughs) Drop off. And so it took a while to figure out a dosage that was high enough to sustain you through your metabolizing of the testosterone that was being injected. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they did was go from bi-weekly shots to weekly shots. Mm-hmm. And then it was increasing the dose. I think we finally got it settled right around the one-year mark. Around there... Then I then at some point I had a little problem with it again. I was having a similar issue. Yes. And so I, at that point I had the endocrinologist, the original one, back on board as part of my team with my new primary doctor. Right. And on the phone we communicate a little better, fortunately, because, you know, I could say to her, hey, this, this is what's happening. I get to a couple days before my shot and I feel terrible and I feel very grouchy and so forth. And her response, I remember, was, Well, usually someone feels more agitated right after their shot. However, you're describing quite clearly the opposite effect. And so I think we should go ahead and increase 
and we increased from 0.5 to 0.6. Yes. And I've been at that for a while. For just about a year now, yeah? Probably less than, but yeah. Before the time of the 0.6, I also had changed from the generic testosterone to the brand name. Yes, from the Watson brand testosterone cypionate to the Pfizer brand depotestosterone. And what I've learned since then is that Watson, as a company, was sold. And that's because my other medication that I'd finally found in a generic that I was not reactive to in an allergy type responses or because mm-hmm. I don't think the pharmacist and the doctor don't consider them to be technically allergies. Because they you're are, not having a histamine reaction. You're having a sensitivity. I'm having a sensitivity. Or an intolerance. Right. So that was a medication made by Watson as well. And so the testosterone that was Watson may be being made in the same It may not because Watson has been bought by somebody else. So I'm not sure what's happening with that generic. I might have to look online and see what's happening if other guys are talking about that because lots of guys were on the Watson testosterone. Mm -hmm. So So now that you've been on the 0.6 of the Pfizer brand depot testosterone for almost a year now. Right. You have started to experience some of those symptoms that your endocrinologist had mentioned previously, where if the dose might be too high, or if the dose is more than your system can handle, or processing differently from the way that your system is designed, that you do end up with a little bit of that aggravation, anxiety, irritability. Yeah, that that is true. And because I've just gone to see her, I have some blood work orders to get my levels checked. And if the levels are high, it's likely I'll go back down. To the 0.5. To 0.5. I would I would think, I would imagine that's where we'd start. But actually, her and I didn't discuss that because I wasn't having any problems I could think of describing to her. And I knew she was going to give me the blood work orders and we'd check the levels anyway. And if, if I am having a problem with it, I want to see what the levels are and then talk to her about, okay, well, this goes along with some of the agitation I've had. And I and- expect that we'd go to 0.5. That's what I expect. And that actually, if you look at the greater FTM community, you see that that happens after your initial second puberty. Once your body changes have slowed down, that your body processes the testosterone more slowly or you need less of it. A handful of guys say that after having been on T for some years, they're decreasing their dose. They've seen the changes that they want, and now they're at a maintenance dose as opposed to a therapeutic or a clinical like changes type of dose. I would expect that happens to some guys. I've also seen guys expect to go down in their dose after getting a hysterectomy and finding that they didn't need to go down in their dose or they needed to go up in their dose for a while. And one of the guys that just came to mind after his hysterectomy, he thought that he'd go down in his dose, and he didn't. And then just recently, he did start having some problems with metabolizing. And they did a bunch of stuff like we did, where you try doing a shot every week, and that was too much, but his every two-week shots had been too far. And so now he's at every 10 days, which is... I couldn't remember to keep up with that. That sounds hard. You'd have to just have a calendar that you're paying attention to. But when you start feeling not so good from the hormone cycle, it's worth changing the... Right. Now, question, is that in the U.S. or the U.K.? U.S. 
Okay. Because over here we have our short-term uh, testosterone shots. We don't have the long-term um, ones yet. A libido shot. And then I remember reading this winter that we had an approval in the U.S. coming for a libido type shot. But the one that has been approved is for... it's not aimed at trans guys. It's aimed at cisgender guys right. who are already producing some testosterone. And so the shots are not the same shots that the guys are getting in the UK. They're not the same dose. and Right. It's probably a slightly different med. Sometimes they just have a different name, but we do have different medications here in the US. And we do. We just do. Just simply like some of our headache type medicines or pain medicines yes. that are over the counter. The overall medical and pharmaceutical mm -hmm. process is slightly different from the Americas to Europe in general. So what's happening now in my transition? It's good. It's good overall. I do often question, because I have been having this agitation, whenever I have something up or down, I think, is this my hormones? And I think that's probably something that happens with a handful of trans people wondering, am I acting like this because of hormones or because of something else? What is this? Right. And physically, I have developed more muscles overall. Mm -hmm. My shape is different. Yes, my head shape is different. My body shape is different. My hairline shape is different. <laughs> Your hairline shape is different. I yes, like it, though. Yes. So some of those differences are things that, that sound familiar, such as a square head, which is not to be confused with a block head, I hope. <laughs> Receding hairline. But as you said the other day, it's squaring off more. Yes. Instead of having the... Like the, a V or something. The male there. pattern baldness, you have the the one corner that's going back and the other corner that's going back just a little bit. And so it's not a V, it's just like a square and it accentuates the squareness, increased squareness of your jawline. And so it just... It doesn't look like you're balding that, in the front anyway. That's good. And the top and the back, it looks like it a little bit. A it little hasn't, bit. It hasn't gotten worse in the last no, it year hasn't. or so. Well. I don't know. <laughs> I, I only look at the back it of my head. It hasn't gotten significantly worse in the past year. That, thank you, dear. You're welcome. Yeah, well. Sorry. You're the one that's going to have to look at it all the time. I can just look at the front, so. Yeah. yeah. When I'm looking at the back of you, I'm not usually looking at the top of your head. <laughs> okay. So well, then yes. it's everybody else's problem. So, then, and you've got more facial hair. I do. I remember thinking last year I had a little bit of these black hairs under my chin, back towards my throat, <laughs> and they looked like strawberry seeds to me. You know, <laughs> and I thought I hope I get a lot more hair on my face, and not just that. Yes. And I, I have it. It's very gradually. But mm -hmm. it is filling in enough that my sideburns are thicker than they were last year. They are thicker. Which I was quite pleased with them to begin with. And you had a little chin beard for some months, and then you let the sideburns grow down to the chin beard, and you had the little boy band chin strap for a while. But it, but it was in front and not underneath. I shaved the underneath part, and I kept it in front. Yes, She's, you did. She doesn't approve either way. <laughs> But I, I, didn't, I appreciate I didn't wanna... that you were able to do that and have the experience of growing your hair straight across your chin. And I knew that that was a valuable experience for you. And so I tried to be supportive. And now that I shaved it off, you don't feel the need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, I knew that... You've admitted that you look better this way. Yeah, I knew that you weren't loving it. And I wasn't sure that I loved it, but I, I knew that I liked it enough just because I could do it. So I did. And that's why I was totally supportive while you were doing it. I was just like, yeah, he can do what he wants with his chin hair. Never had it before, so let him play with it. He can be a teenager about it for a while. I probably will be for a long time. You probably will be, and that's okay. Because, yeah. you know, you, you didn't get to 
play with your face hair while you were a teenager, teenager. So, and I've seen this a lot that when you're going through your second puberty, you do end up being something of a teenager about some things. And it's kind of a general experience. Like our very tall friend has said that she likes pink and ruffles and pretty frilly things and wearing mini skirts. And, and I'm thinking, honey, you are 40. Yeah. But can get away with a little you bit. You can of get it. away with a little bit of it and you have to just be careful being and realistic tasteful. about where you spend your time playing. Right. But anyway. So I had fat redistribution happen yes. enough that I have a little man belly that You do have a little man belly and you there. used to be a total pair. I tried not to ever notice that, but I knew it. You knew it. And if we look back at old pictures of you, which we need to take new pictures for your two year mark and your pictures that we were taking for documentation when you first started T, you look back at them and you're like, we don't even recognize that shape anymore. No, the shape is very different. One of the things you've definitely noticed is you said my calves are also squarer. They are, and I'm terribly jealous. I've always wanted squarish calves. I know they're not terribly feminine, but I like my broad shoulders and I want some square calves. Everybody wants something. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I want something too, but <laughs> we're still recording. Well, anyway. You'll run out of time. I will. Mm. So there's that and your overall shape. You know, you do have a little man belly. I do. And your back muscles are making more of that triangle shape to balance out what little bit of width is left from your hip bones. And that, I think, is assisted by the gym workouts, lat pulls. Yeah. Yeah, I do those on purpose because it's one of the things I can do without hurting myself. Yay. Yep. So your your measurements have changed. You're definitely more masculine in body shape and face shape. If I say, was it what I expected or hoped for, especially as an older trans guy in, in knowing that, you know, I will look different in five years and 10 years, but I'll never look, have the chance to look as different as a guy who started this at 14. Right. Most of it is a little bit more and some of it a little less than what I hoped. You keep hoping for a mustache. I have no mustache. <laughs> if I get one, I'm sure it will be my father's Fu Manchu mustache, so oh. it won't do any good. And some pecs, which I, I know is an age thing, so that gets blamed in that category. But but otherwise, it is more than what I hoped, because I was kind of afraid as an older guy, I would stay looking a little more feminine, much like an older trans woman has a harder time demasculinizing herself. Yes, you were afraid that your delay in transition would hinder your ability to be correctly read, but it really hasn't. No, it hasn't. So that that is good. Yes. Other changes, I think, have mostly been around genetic patterns. Like my hair has gotten massively curly. Yeah. Like it stands up like a fro all by itself every morning. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> and it didn't do that before. No, it didn't. It was a little bit curly, but not like that. That's my father's hair. Mm-hmm. Coarser. My hair has gotten coarser. Your body hair. I have patches of... Chest. Body hair. Like I have some patches. I can see hair growing all over my body like crazy. And it starts out blonde and then it gets longer and then it gets a little thicker and then it gets longer again and darker. And as it's getting longer and darker, it does that in real patches. You have 
thicker hair on your left peck and on your right buttock. And <laughs> it's, it's funny how it, it really is like this side and then that side and then this part and that part. And it's totally patchy. But it's mm-hmm. kind of great. I like it. Yeah, and I, I have, the like I said, the blonde hairs, and then they get darker, most of them. Some of them come out silver in the end. Yeah. And I can blame that in the age category as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, we need to dye your hair again. Am I looking too old? Or I'm quite okay with you I having... I thought I was just feeling old. <laughs> salt and pepper hair. I, I liked when you left your hair salt and pepper before, but you didn't like it. You want to look the age you feel. Well, what I feel right now might not be a good idea to look like that. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Yeah. My eyebrows. Oh, my this is, goodness. This is a funny thing. You had thick eyebrows before, and you had to have the patch between them waxed on a regular basis because you did not want the monobrow. It was not terribly professional. It didn't look so good. It didn't. And if, like a lot of people, your facial hair had gotten thicker on tea, and I told you this, you don't need to wax your brows anymore. You were very happy about that. But I said, if your monobrow grows in, we are effing waxing it. It it not only didn't grow in, but my eyebrows are thinner than they've ever been in my life. I don't get any, like, Dr. Angry you Eyebrows. Attack Eyebrows. Attack Eyebrows. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> attack Eyebrows. No, you which don't also get the, the, the Tai Chi guy had. Eyebrows. I don't. I, I'm not getting any old man eyebrows. I've got. You're, you're getting male pattern balding eyebrows. <laughs> it's it's very odd. It's not very eyebrow pattern balding. I don't like it that way. No. No. You want more eyebrows back, but I don't think they're coming back. They don't seem to be. I'm sorry. Oh well. What am I going to do? Apply Rogaine to your face? No, that's not a good idea. I'm certain of it. I I haven't even read the directions of what to do and what not to do of a package of that type of stuff, and and I'm sure it's wrong. So, any other thoughts on two years of medical transition, two years of hormones? It goes by so fast after you get your hormones or get your surgery, you know, some of your surgeries done. It just, it goes by fast. For me, what what made it go by fast is I felt better emotionally and physically congruent with what my thoughts about myself were. So, you know, once I was on the right dose of testosterone, I wasn't having the drop off at the end of the cycle or any that kind of discomfort. The time has gone really fast, like anything that becomes a regular pattern that you've, yeah, routine that you've adjusted to. And so at this point, I have adjusted. I expect that in a year and three years, I will have adjusted more so. And there will be some more whiskers. Mm-hmm. Possibly the Fu Manchu mustache, but I am not And hopeful. I will indulge you on that for I, as long as you choose to keep it. I am not hopeful on and the eyebrows. And when you shave it off, I will be thankful. <laughs> I am not hopeful for your eyebrows either. I am very sorry that you are losing eyebrows. I have it to say, like I a, am glad that we don't have to wax a monobrow. Or, like, give my eyebrows a haircut. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have to give my own freaking eyebrows a haircut. You do. I do. Well, my eyebrows used to be a lot thicker. They were. And they're just not. So no. if they come back, if there's some sort of reasoning, I might find out something and find some sort of supplement that increases eyebrow growth. <laughs> if our friends know anything about this type of a Let us know. Thing, they, they, they should... Tell us right away. Right? Yeah. I think that might be it. Okay. That's it.
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! And if we look back at old pictures of you, which we need to take new pictures for your one-year mark, we were taking pictures... You, you mean for the two-year mark? You want to say that over or just leave it now I've corrected it? Now you've corrected it. Okay. <laughs> so we need to take new pictures for your two-year mark. And yes, I ended up saying it over anyway. <laughs> yes. We could ask my friend. Your friend uses Rogaine? No, her, my friend's daughter... Teenage daughter put nair on her eyebrows last week, <laughs> and I, I could I was going to joke with her and say my eyebrows are thinning. Do you think I should use Rogaine? <laughs> Can you ask your daughter if it's a good idea? <laughs> that's awesome. I think I'll do that. Oh, that's great. She'll laugh. She will. <laughs> <laughs>